All right, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe. This is episode 43, season four. We kept saying season three last time. Season, I'm your host, Sean, and you are in what in the fried chicken and watermelon. All right. So, you know, here at the cafe, we always have a drink. And today I am drinking on some H2O. Boom, boom, boom. We're taking a little break from the alcoholic beverage. And today I am joining the cafe by Christian. Say hello, Christian. Hello, people. All right. Are you excited about today's episode? Yeah. And what yeah, I want to I want some context on that. What the fried chicken and watermelon? Though. We'll get to that. <laughs> and what are you drinking on today? I'm also drinking on some H2O with lime juice, I think. All right. And there's actual ice in it this time. So you can't say anything. I know. I was just about to say that. All right. So let's get into some of the topics today. Did you want to start us off? Yes. So as I don't know if you've ever mentioned this on the podcast or in any of the episodes, but you have been pescatarian for how long? Since 2007. 14 years. Okay. So for those who don't know, uh, pescatarianism means that you don't eat any meat other than like fish or seafood. <laughs> and I know that you love your tuna. And not the you go often that I know of or that we even go often. But anytime we've gotten Subway, you've always gotten your the tuna. And yes. honestly, so have I. I. That's the only thing I get now. Tuna with spinach and cheese, cheese. and it melted. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or that tuna nut salad. Um, and there was an article that was published, I think, yesterday that I uh, sent you. The New York Times published a report on Sunday, which revealed that lab tests didn't find any amplifiable tuna DNA in Subway's infamous tuna sandwich. They collected 60 inches worth of tuna sandwiches from three different LA locations and the lab analysis in the wake of a lawsuit filed earlier this year alleging that the sandwich chain was serving a mixture of various concoctions that do not constitute tuna wait okay concoctions was there any fish in there maybe because it does taste like fish but it's not tuna per se so you could be eating cod. <laughs> nah, I need to know what this is. Like, so, and I did not know this. They filed a whole lawsuit and that's how it like came out. Um, but they're saying that it's meant to be like an imitation tuna thing. You know how they do like imitation crab? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, how? why would you like not say anything though? Yeah, like. And I wonder if it's like just in LA because they only got it from those three different places or if it's like everywhere. But okay, Los Angeles is in California. Is that right? And California is near water. Yes. So they should be able to easily get real tuna. Yes. Right? So it's not like they have to import it from like across the world. And I feel like they, I don't know if all tuna, the whole tuna or subway, sorry, the the whole chain gets their resources from the same like vendors uh-huh or something so i, I don't that something's a little fishy there <laughs> no pun N- intended pun intended yeah fishy there but it's not 
It's not fish for real because obviously. I mean, it could be fish, but we don't know if okay, it's tuna. Okay, wait. Oh, so what did they say? I'm sorry. They said that earlier this year, alleging the sandwich chain was serving customers various concoctions that do not constitute tuna. Oh, my God. I mean, when was the last time we had tuna was when we went to uh, Mexico in December. Yeah, but that was real tuna because I could tell that was tuna. I didn't. I didn't eat I mean, it Subway. You never know, but wait, I didn't rem- eat it Subway though at, in Mexico. No, I'm saying when we were going to Mexico to meet your friends, we stopped at that charger to charge oh, your car. Oh yeah, and then you and got the your Subway. salad. We got salad, and with, I got a tuna sandwich. <laughs> and maybe that's why I was sick. Maybe. Is there a lawsuit? What's the lawsuit about? Did, did they say? It's from Complex, so they don't really go into it. Um, there are two conclusions. One, it's so heavily processed that whatever we pull out, we couldn't make an identification. A lap spokesperson explained. Or we got some, and there's nothing there that's tuna. Oh, and that's coming from a lap person. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And but so... The- I don't see anything about the actual like lawsuit. It just said that earlier this year, there was a lawsuit that came out crazy so are you done eating subway tuna sandwiches or you know what we should do a test we should go to the subway local Uh we're not going to tell you which subway Mm -hmm. in the dc area we should ask for a tuna milk sandwich right and then we should ask them is this real tuna and that way if they say yes then we take it to the lab. We ask the lab to test it to see if it's tuna. And we're rich. Not rich, but we could potentially file a lawsuit. False advertisement. Oh, my. I'm like, I got sick an hour later. No, I, I honestly, I don't like, I don't really like anything other than the tuna from some. That's all I get. And it I, was. Bef- I like the veggies um, wrap. The veggie patty. I mean, I don't. Oh, I didn't know they had veggie pat- patties. I'm not really into veggie patties, but. um. I feel like those are like the morning star. No, they're not. Because they look like that. No, they're the long patties. And actually, they're pretty good, but I don't know what's in there. I mean, now that I'm like, that this came out, I'm like, is that even real steak and cheese? Because I I was a big fan of the steak and cheese back in like high school. Um, But that that leads to another point. So I used to love, um, when I used to eat meat, I used to love like um, the chicken... Kampao, whatever, at the Chinese restaurant. And some it came out that it was an actual chicken? Well, I don't know that, but I did see this. I was, I think I was in high school or something at some point, and I saw this video, and I forget what country they were in, but literally the people were just, they were at a meat restaurant, mm-hmm. right? You know, like the market? Mm-hmm. And they were literally like picking up these bloody... Um, Chickens l- or what? Well, uh, it was rat meat. Oh, so ever since then, because I always questioned and this is no uh, offense to any um, Asian restaurants. So don't come come for me. OK, I have a preference of what I choose to put in my body. But ever since then, I was like, you know what? That don't it doesn't look like real chicken sometimes like the it does, chicken, or the texture. Right. And so I literally the only thing I would ever eat at that time at, since then was rice and the chicken wings. Because mm-hmm. they actually look like chicken wings. And shrimp. But the shrimp um, 
fried shrimp. Okay. And then when I stopped eating meat, the only thing I would eat is um, shrimp fried rice. Because rice looks like rice. Yeah. The onions look like onions. The shrimp True. definitely looks like shrimp. Yeah. You're saying the chicken wings, and I'm like, well, frog legs look exactly like chicken wings too. No, they don't. They you could tell. I know, but you can tell. Legs. You can taste even like taste it. But yeah. um, mm-hmm. but no, I've always had that. Th- I love Chinese food though. So. But side note, I know this isn't a topic, but it's still in that frog legs. Frogs can go in the water and out the water. Mm-hmm. Would that be pescatarianism? I don't know. If you ate frog legs that's what we were trying to figure because the only time i've had frog legs was that one time with don't mike. don't say location but yeah with my yeah. fraternity brother mike and they don't have him anymore but either way yeah like um i just i if i didn't know that they were frog legs i probably would have tried it or eaten like a whole one yeah but knowing that i'm eating frog leg i just couldn't do it so i had like a bite of it yeah barely and then he thought it was really good yeah i don't know if you tried it or not um i did have some of the frog legs oh did you say it was good yeah they were good i mean they were different yeah it's, I, not, I, it's not something i would go and get every day yeah and i definitely wouldn't cook them oh fuck oh my god the, how oh, what if they use the same oil for everything else because most of their food is fried okay so i'm one of those pescatarians that I'm not like a person that's like, oh, does yeah, this yeah, touch yeah. meat? Like, I'm not like that. Now, mm-hmm. um, I try to frequent restaurants that I think are a little more Clean s- and cleaner and safer. But then I'm not in the back. So I really don't know what the people are doing, to be yeah. honest. And a lot of those places, even if you order something that's vegetarian, right? And they sell a lot of meat products. Or you order something that's seafood. They always... They try to give you at least a good restaurant would give you a disclaimer that they can't guarantee that there won't be cross contamination with meat products, right? Yeah. And like some people who like vegetarians, right, with broth, depending on the soup, they'll be like, is this chicken broth? I'm not like that. Now, when I make my vegetable soup in the crock pot, I normally get vegetable broth or I make my own vegetable broth with water and seasoning and things like that. So, I mean, you know, it's it's still... Your soup is really good, by the way. I know. It's very good. <laughs> All right. So, let's change the topic. So, um, this t- this episode was really going to be called, Is It Toxic? Because I wanted to talk about the Britney Spears situation. But mm-hmm. then, these other topics made me want to change it to episode 43, What in the Fried Chicken and Watermelon. All right. Yeah. So, let's talk about Britney Spears. So, first of all, are you a Britney spears fan i wouldn't say that i am like a fan i I like her i like her i like some of her songs especially like her older ones um but she kind of just fell out of like the music industry and i didn't know anything that was going on until recently um until i actually saw a documentary okay before you get to the documentary did you really answer my question do you like britney spears yes i like britney spears yes so I was never truly a big fan. So I'm not like one of these people. Like, I know there's this whole movement, Free Britney. We'll talk about that movement in a minute. But I know people are probably going to come for me, but I never really thought she was a good singer. Sorry. (laughs) I felt like she had great beats, great lyrics, and she worked the system the way it needed to work. 
But for me, she didn't come across as a good singer. Now, that very well could be that the music industry wanted to show her in a certain perspective. And so I wasn't able to see her vocal abilities. Yeah. But she's not a person, if I had to pick or choose a person to sing the national anthem at a, at a ball game, Britney Spears ain't the first person to come to mind, right? For me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so let's talk a little bit about the documentary. Just high level aspect of the documentary. Can you like tell the people what the documentary is and so what you thought about it? For disclaimer, Brittany was not in it at all. She didn't really have like anything to say about it. I don't think she like knew that it was made, honestly. Um, but the documentary is basically just about her life and how the downside of everything that's happened. And it goes more in depth and it makes people understand more like why she did the things she did, like shaving her head and all that. Um, and how the industry and the paparazzis and all that can damage a person. Um, and it also goes into the conservatorship and how her father, which let me just say, piece of shit and i will say that right now i do not like him and i'm also getting this from the podcast that you like that i listened to those two episodes they like he was never in the picture until she was big and famous and rich and that one comment still stuck with me that he was like one day she's gonna buy me a boat and that's all he cared about like he was never in the picture and yeah, she, she had other like small or younger siblings at home. Um, but it's like you were not in the picture. And they say they say that in a documentary as well. Um, but yeah, it talks about that and how all that works. Um, I did not know anything about it until the documentary itself. And she was actually supposed to speak on that for the first time ever, I think, today. Well, not the first time ever. So she, the, 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 she actually did speak in court in 2019. But when she spoke today, she pretty much said the reason I didn't come back to court after 2019 was because I felt like I wasn't being heard. And so yeah. let's let's back up very quickly. What is a legal conservatorship? So legal conservatorships um, come at different perspectives, right? So they are primarily based upon someone who's infirm, basically someone who can't take care of themselves or they can't, they don't have the mental faculties to make decisions about themselves. And normally conservatorships are safe for folks who are frail, older, mm -hmm. or have some kind of mental issues, right? Yeah. And they come in multiple forms, right? It can be a, a conservatorship that takes care of your medical, right? Because they feel that an individual petitions the court and say, I feel like this person can't make the best decisions about his or her medical health. And so they need someone to assist them. It can also be in the sense of th someone needs to take care of their financial responsibilities or their financial wealth and health. And so we need someone who is able to make those decisions for that person. Now, normally, 
And typically, you would want someone who's qualified in either respect. If it's because of the medical, you probably would want someone who has some kind of medical background making yeah. this decision, right? And if it's financial, you probably more likely than not would want someone in control of that who understands financials, who can make decisions that are for the betterment of your wealth and not just take your money, right? And and so that's kind of what a legal conservatorship is. And in Brittany's perspective, her conservatorship controls every aspect of her life. It controls her financials. It controls where she could be, when she can be. Her it, states. It, her what? States. What do you mean states? Estate. Oh, state. Estates. Yes, that's the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, the okay. wealth. Okay. And her person and her person being that it can the, the conservatorship and those who are in control can decide, you know, if you need to go to a medical facility, they can make that determination for you, even if you object to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I think part of what the the documentary was showing was that I, I don't know if the documentary meant was meant to try to highlight that she was truly going through something because of it, or was the documentary trying to highlight the negative aspect of it? What did you think? And when I said of it, the conservatorship. I think that they, uh, at some point, I, I think it was more the negative aspect of it. I think they wanted people to realize that, like, she wasn't, like, people would say crazy or, like, maybe she did have some, like, mental illnesses. Did you think illnesses. she was crazy? Mm, I'm not going to lie. When it all first came out, like her shaving her head and like beating a paparazzi, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, she's like going insane. But can we can we stop on that for a moment? A lot of people felt, at least people I talked to at the time that she did that, that yeah, oh, that's a telltale sign that she's crazy. But why does it matter that she shaved her head? And why is that indicative of a sign of craziness because she yeah. shaved her head? No, no, and I get, I get that. I'm now. asking you because you I, said you thought. I mean, I was also like, what 10 when that happened so i i didn't know anything i didn't know about mental illness i didn't know about anything um i don't know anything about celebrities and like paparazzis and it all get, getting to you in the industry and um but now when i saw a documentary i was like oh wow i never thought about it that way like that there are people that actually thought the same things that i did when it was i think it was completely wrong i think she was just so tired of it because her reasoning behind it was that she just wanted people to stop touching her like she didn't want to be touched anymore and uh, i don't know i don't think that she's incapable of making her own decisions even the lawyer said that okay so i don't know her personally so i can't make that determination but i would say that when i saw her shaving her head i didn't immediately attach that to she's going crazy yeah i attached that to the fact that she was sick and tired of all this paparazzi. She was sick and tired of people being in her circle, her bubble. And so if she wasn't the beautiful, quote unquote, the beautiful Brittany, mm -hmm. that was a prime time shot maker. Right. Because I think in the in the documentary at one point, there was one uh, photographer who was making millions of dollars per, per picture, picture. Yeah. Right. Oh, he pissed me off. And Sorry. so for me, it's like, okay, you want to take a picture and you want this to be beautiful. No one's going to pay to see me look like this. Now, maybe she was going through something, but I think 
for me, we, we need to have, and I don't think we had a very good, and when I say we, I'm talking about the pulse of the nation. I don't think we had a very good perspective of mental health and m mental illness and mental well-being. I because I, I think there are spectrums with it, right? Just because I'm going through something or I do something out of the ordinary, right? That That is out of the ordinary for you, right? And your expectation for me, that don't mean I'm crazy, right? That means I want to do something to make a, a to make an impact for whatever reason in my life in that moment, in that time, in that space, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that we we do a very bad job when it comes to celebrities. We think that they are n not human. I think we think they are robots, money making machines. They're here to do this, that, and the third. And anytime someone is off their game, they don't have the right dress. They don't look a certain way. Oh, she came to the Oscars with this on. Oh, she on the red carpet looking raggedy. Like who's her stylist? Like for me, why does that fucking matter to you? Yeah. Because where's your stylist? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like. Where's your money to buy this $3,000 gown? Now, I can also see, I'm sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but I can also see the flip side of the person who is is the the fan. I am contributing to your success. I am paying for your albums. I'm paying hundreds of dollars to go to your show, right? Or I'm streaming your music. So I want what I bargained for, and what I bargained for was celebrity status, right? But it can cut both ways. I think that people think that they know celebrities, all, especially now with like social media and stuff. They're like, oh my God, I know everything about them. Right. Like, we really don't. They're like normal people. They just are rich and famous and make their money differently than we do. Yeah. Now, what about um, the part where I think in a the documentary there was some portion of it where she took the umbrella? Yeah, because, okay, so that, um, she, that's, like, after she shaved her head, um, she was trying to see his, her kids, and she was with her sister, I believe, mm -hmm. and her sister was driving cousin, her I around, her cousin, and uh, she was driving her, and she went to the baby daddy's house, I don't know his name, Kevin Federline, sure, he used um, to be her dancer or something, and he wouldn't let her in the gate, so they left and went to the gas station, and the paparazzi just like would not leave her alone. And it was that same guy that spoke in the interview. The paparazzi. Yeah. He was and like, I gave her. The interviewer asked him how she was, cause he mentioned, he was like, not once did she say she wanted to be left alone. And I'm like, bruh, she said it many, many fucking times. Even on that instant, like, and the paparazzi or the interviewer, like even brought that up. He was like, she was never like clear about it. So that's why I'm like, he was like, even in the interview was like, even when she told you, I want to be left alone. Exactly. Well, <laughs> she didn't mean forever. She just meant in that moment. And yeah. he was like, oh, that night he was like, oh, I got a great shot of her. Yeah. This and that. And I'm like, she barely made, honestly, like if she would have cracked a window or something, I'm like, okay, fine. But like, she barely did anything. Yeah. But did you find her action to be a sign of craziness and i know that's a bad word but that's kind of how the documentary at least the conversation at that point in time yeah. that's the line that i think that about. she was just so fed up at that point and before if you would have asked me this question yes i would have been like that's a sign that she was going crazy and that she needed like to take a break but i think that it was because we also don't know if she was like 
drinking or something. Not that I'm saying anything like that she was or not. But um, I think it was more of the fact that she was fed up with everything. And then her not being able to see her kids also because she had he had taken her to court and she lost the custody right. of her kids. Now, I want to stop for a moment just to say this um, as a parent. Right. I know some people fought him for what he did. He been Kevin Federline. Um, maybe he shouldn't have locked her out. Maybe he should. We don't know what their conversation was. He don't know. We don't know if he felt that his children were unsafe. We don't know yeah. that. Right. And we also don't know whether or not she said something untoward to him um, that gave him that. But we also don't know whether he was just being an asshole. Right. But I will say that um, I do give him kudos in this sense. And I know some people may come for me. But oftentimes when it comes to parenting, right, it is the presumption is, is that the mother is more nurturing. And so custody aspects are normally seen as it's a guarantee that she should, she being the mother, mm -hmm. should receive custody. And I do think it was very smart on his behalf to file, cross file for custody. Um, of his children. A lot of folks were saying he did that for financial reasons, maybe. I think he was taking advantage of what was going on at the time, big time. Um, and honestly, even her, I know that I don't know anything about like custody battles or the law, but if she, cause she was already in a conservatorship at that point. At the time she was not. What happened was is that there was a point of time, and I think she it was 2004 or something, because she's been in for like 17 years. Yeah. Long ass time. Like, and she's, she's 38 or 39. Yeah. Like, come on now. But she was not. And then at the point she went to the hospital is when her father petitioned the court for temporary conservatorship. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. And I think that was that same night. And, and so, and, and one thing about this case, which is very frustrating, too, from a legal perspective, is that normally the concept of the law, especially when it comes to court, is that they should be open to the public because that's how you know about the legal system. That's mm -hmm. how you understand the legal system. That's how you understand how judges make decisions. Um, and so but in this case, it's been closed like you really can't get documents. And in this case, just searching for it freely right you have to go and do a four-year request they need to go and make a determination if they're going to release it and it's typically not that way right and i felt like because this was such a public situation this docket should not have been under seal and under seal in the legal system just basically means that um it's not open to the public everything is is sealed basically yeah. and the only person who can get it are the parties who are our parties in the case and the judge right and even like when uh that new lawyer came in when she was trying to get her father out from right. being the conservator i don't know if that's the right word but she wanted someone a banker or right. a bank to have her finance she did not want him as her financial conservator right um and when the lawyer asked for the documents, they were like, no, we won't show you this, but this exactly. is what we can tell you what the document says, right. which we don't know. Like, and she couldn't even pick her own lawyer. Exactly. So she had identified someone that she wanted as her lawyer and the court denied her the opportunity to pick her lawyer. And she was paying for both sides. Well, she's paying for everything. Yeah. Um, 
And that is fundamentally an issue. Like in the legal system, a party, a defendant, a plaintiff, they're free to choose their lawyer, right? Mm -hmm. The freedom to pick your lawyer is a fundamental principle in the legal system. I should be able to freely decide who I want to represent my position. I should be freely to decide who I want to discuss the intimate details of my case with. But she wasn't given that. Now, we don't know why because we don't see the medical records. We don't know what happened, right? Yeah. But she wasn't able to do that and so the court her current lawyer is a court appointed lawyer right um so anyhow she is paying for everything her father is getting paid he gets a percentage of all of her money money that she brings in right um the lawyer who was helping with the conservatorship he wanted a raise i think Upwards of five hundred and seven thousand dollars a year is what he received. So initially, when he first started, it was like thirty thousand dollars. He came in and basically said, "Look, this is a business. Like, I need an increase. There's a lot going on." So he received an increase and made his yearly salary just from that, like close to five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's a lot of money for someone who is allegedly incapable of taking care of their own responsibility. But yet, she touring all over the world. She got this Las Vegas show going on residency and all that but anyhow so we don't need to talk that much about this but apparently she spoke in court today i want to see if there's like a video or something um no video but there is a statement from cnn this is where i got this from and she says basically this she says a lot has happened since two years ago the last time i was in court i haven't been back to court because i didn't feel i was heard she apparently went on to say that 218 she was forced to perform in Las Vegas during her residency against her real. She didn't want to do it. And then she said at one point they gave her a strong drug. I think it's called lithium or something against her will. And so she said, is this a strong drug? You can go mentally impaired if you stay on it longer than five months. Yeah. I felt drunk. I couldn't even have a conversation with my mom or dad about anything. They had me with six different nurses. Um, and she said that her family didn't do a goddamn thing. She said, anything I had to do, my dad was the one who approved all of it. My whole family did nothing, basically, to prevent that type of control. And she said that the control he had to hurt his own daughter, he loved it, her father. I worked seven days a week. It was like sex trafficking. I didn't have a credit card. I didn't have cash or a passport. I'm traumatized. I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm so angry. It's insane. And she asked the court to cancel the conservatorship. And so... Apparently, she's also, even though she has like a $60 million estate, she's only given a stipend of like $2,000 a week of her own money that she fucking made. I know. It's insane. Wow. Because I know like lithium is a strong drug. They use that in like hospitals and stuff, like mental hospitals. Right. Wow. So anyway, that's what she said. At least those are excerpts of what she said. We probably will hear more as things come out. But yeah, so that was the whole concept of the free Britney aspect. But I will say this. This movement is pretty strong. People are out there protesting about it. But I'm going to throw a little shade on this. I wish they had that same energy when it came to other things. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, And so, you know, that's just my shade shade comment on that. Um, to end it on a good note, though, I will say I support Brittany, and I hope that she does get out of this conservatorship. Um, but yeah, 
I personally think it's insane that she's still in one, personally. Yeah. If she's able to go and make all this money, um, there's absolutely no reason that she shouldn't be able to make her own decisions about that. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did want to... Is there something else no. you want to talk about? Um, so, on a brighter note, I know that she's also a big LGBTQ fan, um, Brittany, and... Um, I wanted to, since it's Pride Month, there has been two things. Are you familiar with Shikari Richardson? I mean, I don't know her. I know that she is like considered the fastest woman in the world now, right? Yeah. So she and three other women are going to the Olympics, and two of them are African-American or black women. So, and Shikari, from what I've seen and kind of researched on she's part of the lgbtq community and she made a statement in regards to it i think that i read that um and also her being african-american and like representing you know yeah um so i thought that was very like especially during pride month yeah i thought it was exciting and to see it and then um i mean the chick can run I was like, holy, 10.66 seconds. I mean, I thought I was a good runner. She can run. There was an article that came out and they were like, um, girls gave up after like she ran in front of her. And I was like, I mean, I would have too. That's embarrassing. Yeah. No, (laughs) she she is fast. Yeah. No, she was like insane. Um, So congrats to her. Um, She definitely deserved it. She's oh, she's I don't I don't know if she's the youngest going to the olympics or not but i know she's the fastest considered right now the fastest um so congrats to her congrats. and then another thing big ups big uh, yeah she, another um thing um i'm not a sports fan i don't consider it to be my a sports fan at least but i know that um carl he plays for the las vegas raiders Carl Nassif is the first active NFL player in history to come out as gay. I think that's also a big key. He's, I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's white or his last name kind of seems like Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's besides the point for an NFL player to come out. If this was like five years ago, he probably would have been like kicked out. I don't, I don't he, know many. Yeah, there was some pers- whole big thing years ago about um, not being able to what was the black guy who he he came out as um gay is he the baseball player the black guy no he was football but he came out but he didn't he came out during preseason and he never played in season uh, he was benched basically i feel like i know who you're talking about but um let me see what his name is i forget his name because that was a big deal a big deal at the time yeah well um uh, he made a video on Instagram and basically saying that he wanted to show representation because he thinks it's very important, um, especially in the LGBTQ community. And um, he hopes that like one day things like a coming out video shouldn't have to be made because really it's no one's business, but people care so much. Right. Um, especially for someone that's in like a spotlight like that. Um, but 
he also was going to donate $100,000 to the Trevor Foundation or Trevor Project, um, which is a foundation that was created in 1998 Mm -hmm. for the LGBTQ and to protect them against like uh, suicide and all that. Nice. Um, It was founded after a short film. I think it, it was like Grammy nominated or something like that. Trevor. And I don't know. I think that that's very nice of him. And the guy who I was thinking about was Michael Sam, the no, black guy. Know. He I came out, and about. then but he never played. I don't. Even, I don't even know what he's doing now, honestly. I mean, even with like it, I know it's not. It has nothing to do with being gay or anything. But um, Cole, what's his name? Coel Caperson. What's the guy that kneeled down during the national anthem? Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, um, he is no longer playing. I think. Yes. Because of trying to represent something that's important to him. There but is... I, I don't want to equate the two. I know, I know, I know. I was just... Um, but I think what you're trying to say is that that because there was it was something important to him, a movement, yeah. right? Um, police brutality and things of that nature to get African Americans that he was kind of um, blackballed as a result of that. And so I think what I hear you say is that hopefully Carl and the sea don't go through the same thing because of it's shitty but i also i'm trying to like see the good in what he's doing because i mean that foundation could use them all the money they can get and suicide prevention is important yeah and um people are bullied oftentimes for the choice in life that they decide and so people should should mind their own damn business like who a person dates shouldn't matter to you like yeah i'm not interfering with your money i'm not interfering in your household at all at all so like mind your own fucking business at the end of the day yeah um but yeah kudos and big ups to him um i want to move the topic to to two different things first and foremost we just came out may 30th the hundred year the centennial of the Tulsa massacre and i would say that in school i've never learned anything about the Tulsa massacre. me either um and so very quickly for those who don't know anything about it is that in Tulsa, and I think it was 1921, May 30th, um, into June 1st, there, uh, in what was called the Black Wall Street in Greenwood in Tulsa, essentially, <clears throat> white folks maimed, killed, and butchered African Americans, tore down all of their homes and, and buildings and and. Um, restaurants and theaters um, over an incident. Did you know about it? First of all, the Tulsa massacre. No, after the, I did research on it when um, you mentioned it that you wanted to talk about it, and I know those facts. I don't know much about it, yeah. honestly. So there were two individuals, and um, I, I want to make sure that I have their names. One, the first girl named was Sarah. And there's Dick Rowland, Dick Rowland, and Sarah Page. So Dick Rowland um, was an African-American shoe shiner, right? He needed to use the restroom. Um, and that time, Tulsa was very segregated, of course. Duh. It's Tulsa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very, very segregated. He needed to use the restroom. He knew that there was a building where he had the ability to use the restroom. was the Dressler building, which is on the third floor a restroom that was dedicated for black folks at that time, Negroes, right? Yeah. He went into the Dressler building. He went into the elevator. Sarah Page, a white teenage child, basically, right? 
she was a the elevator operator and in that time it was like a manual elevator you had to tell the person where to go they took you to up there down there apparently no one really knows what happened in the elevator okay there are different stories some stories is that he tripped bumped into her she fr became frantic went down to the lobbies and came out of the lobby started screaming he ran other folks say depending on what side of the fence you're on other folks say he tried to grope her attempted to rape her right there is also another story <clears throat> where individuals felt that the two of them actually were a couple. And because interracial dating was absolutely prohibited at the time mm -hmm. that it, she had to come out with this scene. So end of the day, she comes out screaming. There is a white person there who consoles her. He felt that it was something egregious that happened. He went to the police um, and the police went and found Dick Rollins and arrested him, put him in jail. Um, white folks start coming to the jail. Black folks knew about this, what was going on. And, and some of them were World War II veterans, I think. Um, and they, you know, took had their, their guns, went down there and asked them to release Dick Rollins to them so that they could protect him. Um, apparently, it was a shuffle going on between the two sides. Um, the story is, is that there was a white man trying to take the, a gun from a black guy. The gun went off and then that just escalated to an entire situation. Dick Rollins um, eventually escaped. Right. And Sarah Page escaped and she actually recanted her story. So initially she said there was attempted rape. Mm -hmm. She recanted her story and she would not participate with the prosecution who was trying to prosecute. And so that escalated to the point where um, white folks start burning down Greenwood. They start shooting. Apparently, there are stories of planes dropping incendiary devices on top of buildings. Um, and I actually read a letter from one of the black lawyers. He was one of the first lawyers in Tulsa who saw the events unfold and to actually read that letter is um, from the Smithsonian. Um, it's actually breathtaking that we still have that recorded history the way it was recorded. Right. But just to hear the types of things that was going on, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. And to this day, there has been no reparations, no money given to the victims. And actually none of the insurance claims went through. And the reason none of those insurance claims went through is because the insurance determined that it was a riot not a massacre so it depends on how you, you use the words if it's a riot then that means that you know both sides participated in the situation and created the situation if it was a massacre which is what most black folks identify it as is that it was a group of folks coming in and taking over yeah um and so we're at the hundred um the centennial of that there was some you know commemorations going on regarding that um and it's just crazy that 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 history was hidden for so long there's so many though because i found another one today that's kind of the same this happened around uh and i only um shikari richardson posted something about it on november 3rd 2020 um f right for election day it's the i don't know how to pronounce this okoi massacre mm -hmm. in florida where a uh, black man attempted to go vote and the KKK responded with rampage that led to exile and death of every black person that lived there. Um, 
I don't know if it's every black person, but there were at least like 40 deaths. Yeah. Um, and like you don't you don't learn about this in school Not at, at all. all. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that people know, like yeah. all because he wanted the he wanted to vote. Like people should have the right, an American citizen should have the right. Right. And I get those times back then that it wasn't allowed, but it's just very shitty. And this happened from November second to November third. Oh. It was like a 1920 actually. Oh, so wow. it was the same year as, um, or a year, year before. before as the uh, Tulsa massacre. Another thing about the Tulsa massacre, which I didn't know, I know you heard about the Japanese internment camps mm-hmm. during World War One, I, I think, right? Yeah. Well, they had internment camps for the blacks in Tulsa at that time. And recall that the families from the Japanese internment camps received reparations because of that. And the families of the black folks who were interned in these camps didn't receive anything. And the only way that they were able to get out of it is if a white person came and vouched for the black person, basically say they're not evil, basically, right? Um, In so many words. And also what I didn't know is I never understood why it was called Black Wall Street and how that we we as a people was able to get the wealth. And what I found out was if you look at the history of Oklahoma, um, there's also the whole idea of like the, the Indians being removed, the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently there's land that belonged to these different tribes. And some of these tribe members actually owned slaves as well, which I didn't know. But when the Emancipation Proclamation happened, what happened was is that those individuals who were enslaved by Na- Native Americans, Part of the deal was that when when the Emancipation Proclamation occurred, that they actually would receive land. And so that's how the Greenwood community kind of sprouted up because these black folks began to get land and, and wealth as a result of that. And then they created their own environment so that black folks can have a safe, um, space. A safe space for themselves, per which se. I didn't know. Um, so, yeah, 100 year centennial. That's really um, crazy. And there is currently a bill in the House of Representatives um, to try to get individuals who were family members and victims of the 1921 massacre to get their insurance claims paid finally. Now, As they should. But we don't know if it goes to the Senate and if it's going to get passed or not. I don't know. Um, but it's crazy. And, yeah. and the only way we're going to get some action is if there is an act of Congress that comes through as a result of that. Crazy. Very and then that leads us to Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth, by the way. June 19th, yeah. right? Um, and so Juneteenth, for those of you who don't know, it well, it is a celebration that occurred in Gaveston, Texas, um, because when the Emancipation Proclamation occurred almost two and a half years before, the folks in Galveston, the black folks didn't know that it occurred. Um, and it took a general to traverse Right to Galveston. I don't know why it took two and a half fucking years to get there, but <laughs> you know they sent the general to let these folks know, hey, you're free, basically, yeah. right? Um, and so it has been celebrated as a holiday um, for some time, particularly in Texas. And recently, Biden signed into law, um, made it a national holiday. I saw, yeah. Right now, I do want to talk about that for a little bit because a lot of folks. You know, there was a lot of chatter on social media about, you know, we don't need a holiday. Why can't you do voting rights? Why can't you do this? Why can't you do that, that and the third? And I get the frustration. I I can't speak for everyone because black folks were not a monolith, right? 
we we have different political views we have different spiritual views cultural views but here's how i view it um i know folks are tired right and rightfully so but for me i don't necessarily think that we can't have different streams we can have multiple things going on and the commemoration of it being a national holiday i think is important and there are folks who worked their ass off behind the scenes you know to make it a national holiday yeah. i think i forget the the lady name she's 94 years old she's one of the individuals who has been fighting for making it a national holiday for years and when it was signed into law she actually walked two and a half miles in commemoration of it being a national holiday to represent the two and a half years it took for those folks in Gavison um, to to learn that they were free. Yeah. And so this is the first holiday, national holiday that has been um, placed in the books since 1983 or something like that when MLK became a national holiday. And so I feel like there should be excitement around it, but that doesn't mean that you need to take your foot off the necks of these individuals in politics There's, and to, to yeah. do something about other things. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I truly appreciated the fact that, that there was a national recognition about the import of um, Juneteenth. Yeah. You know and it's I mean? long overdue. And I do agree with you. I think that it's a, big like step or a big recognition um for everyone that was involved um but there are also like there's a lot of things that need to happen too yeah so <clears throat> a lot of things change, that we gotta do. exactly changed i want to say will get here someday yeah i but, mean there's a sand particularly in the legal field that the the, the wheels of justice churn slowly um but i will also say that for black folks it's, it ain't turning. Okay, we yeah. need to move it quicker. Um, and so <clears throat> this leads me to how we got to episode 43, what in the fried chicken and watermelon. So a store in Georgia, a Scandinavian store. It's a store that I like, IKEA. So IKEA decided to create a Juneteenth menu. You know, they sell food. Oh, and they sent this out to the store members um, in Georgia. And it basically said to honor the perseverance of black Americans and acknowledge the progress yet to be made. We observe Juneteenth on Saturday, June 19th, 2021. Look out for a special menu on Saturday, which will include fried chicken, watermelon, mac and cheese, potato salad, collard greens and candied yams. So, so the black workers um, went on strike and walked out as a result of that. Um, and so, you know, there's the stereotype, all black folks like fried chicken and watermelon, right? And if you look at some of the caricatures from the 1920s in the videos and the, the cartoons, the Bugs Bunny cartoons where they had black folks with the big pink lips mm -hmm. slopping down on watermelon like we stupid yeah. and we, we have no sense. Um, that's why I named this what in the fried chicken that is so stupid for a big ass company like ikea to go and make a menu like that because when you mention all that that's like soul food i'm like you do they not see what's wrong with that 
Did it bother you at all? Yeah, stupid. Okay. First of all, <clears throat> you don't make a menu like. First of all, I don't know. That's not an observance of Juneteenth. Okay, yeah. you want to observe Juneteenth? Close the fucking store. Give a yes. party to the people and celebrate and have them come and bring their families. Or give them a raise. Give them or, a fifty dollar gift card or exactly. something. Exactly. Give them the day off and pay them for that. Ho- it's a. Ho- it's like a national. I don't know if it's would you. Is it's it a holiday? national now. Yes, okay. and a lot of states were um, observing it before it became a national holiday. Okay. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. But that that menu it ain't hitting. Doesn't. It. Yeah. I'm like, it's <laughs> so stupid. Stupid is as stupid does, and that was just completely dumb. Such bullshit. Oh my god. Fried chicken, watermelon, and watermelon. I don't say it like that now, before you get punched in the throat. I was saying it like um, Beyonce says it. Yeah. I've been drinking. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk very quickly also about black TikTok. Um, TikTokers. Um, going on strike. Going on strike. And not making because most of the. OK, so can I kind of start this off? So this whole thing, it's been going on for a while now. People have been wanting recognitions, black tic, uh, or people of color. That make the TikTok dances and stuff, cause all these like well, let's let's call them what they are: black creators, black right? creators. There you go. And white creators on TikTok, culturally appropriate, taking their uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. And not giving them credit, not but, giving the credit, and becoming famous as a result. And of it. Um, so I, from where I got when it like went viral, was when Addison Ray, she's a very popular TikToker went on Jimmy Fallon and she was teaching Jimmy all those dances that were created by black creators and not giving them any uh, um, credit credit at all. And she got a lot of backlash for it, as she should, and so did Jimmy. And what Jimmy did was a few days later, he, instead of bringing them out, which I get it, maybe they couldn't go, I don't know how it went down, he had a like zoom call with all of them and oh, know that they did their dance you know and everything but i'm like so you have you made the, the black creators yes so you have addison ray come out and be on your show and have a whole segment to herself but you can't do the same for the actual people that created these dances yeah. that she did on national television yeah i thought it was just like i that's when i first was like oh and then you sent me this post and I was like, oh, I didn't know that they were going on strike. Yeah. But it makes a lot of sense because I have not seen a lot of like. Dances. Dances. And you see some of the corny dances that's happened like with yes. the Megan Stallion song. <laughs> the- she, she gives them instructions. Put your hands on the knees and they are not even doing oh, that. Oh they- my God. Yes. <laughs> I'm like. That is crazy. Go back to- but TikTok has received a lot of flack. Because a lot of black creators felt like they were um, um, shadow banned and yeah. not getting on the For You page yeah. of people. Um, and these, uh, unfortunately, these white folks who were culturally appropriating, right, um, will just pop up and pop up and pop up and pop up and getting all these likes and getting all this shine where these black creators were not. Yeah. Um, and you know, this, this is their bread and butter. They're creating right yeah. for the enjoyment and the entertainment of people. And they should receive the same amount of money 
from ads and things of that nature as these other folks who not even creating the dances. They're just yeah. taking them. It's it's crazy. It's yeah, for them I'm sure I don't I can't even understand how frustrating it might be. Yeah. So I I, I don't know what TikTok's response is going to be. That's also them stopping going like on their on a strike and stopping them from making their money cuz people make money from TikTok. I know. Like that's also interfered, but it's I mean also, that's how you Well, that wasn't TikTok. That was um Vault, not Vault. What was that stupid thing that like you only could do 10 second videos? Vine. Vine. That's how your boy David Dobrik, right? Yeah, that's how he came up yeah. with like Zane and Heath. I love them. I mean, yeah, no, I totally like when you sent me that, I'm like, as they should. Exactly. All right. So that's kind of all I really want to talk about. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we depart? Uh, No, I think that was it. Let me check my topics because right. I'm organized like that. You, no. you you had your topics better this time. I, you know, you, you got motivated. Yeah. You actually went and did some research. All right. So that is the episode today here at Peeps Creek, the cafe, episode 43, season four. What in the fried chicken and watermelon? Now, my latte machine came in. My latte machine um, has been doing great justice. I've been making some great lattes, some extra hot it's lattes so it's been it's been a blast my new dishwasher is installed and and ready haven't used it yet uh new refrigerators there looking good feeling good ice is coming out good the stove is great i actually used the air fryer but um i need the real basket so that the air can flow through it um and the microwave is great i haven't used the microwave either um but yeah so that's the episode i want to thank christian for sitting through coming out and having a conversation with us say goodbye to the people christian goodbye people and cheers cheers and until next time make sure that you continue to drink listen and converse and if you're going to drink alcohol drink responsibly peace and love